Hello, this is Dr. Tia Barnes, and welcome to the Scholarly Self-Care Podcast, where we will talk all about the SEL, or social-emotional learning, in self-care. This podcast is for educators, parents, and caregivers of children and youth. Each week, we will talk about your well-being to put you in a better space to support the well-being of the children in your life. Ready to get started? Let's go. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you've been enjoying the episodes that we've had so far this season, and I am excited to hear from you about how things have been going and if you've been implementing anything or what your key takeaways have been from what we've been talking about so far. So I have a question for you today. Do you know yourself? I mean, really, do you know yourself? Well, I really thought that this was something that we definitely needed to talk about because the more I think about the idea of social and emotional well-being, the more I think about the work that I've done, the work that other social and emotional learning researchers have done, the key thing that keeps coming back to me is this idea of self-awareness and how important it is to be self-aware and how self-awareness really is a significant piece of our well-being. And more so than that, research shows that. So digging along, because I I know this, right? I know this anecdotally. I know this in terms of of looking at the research that, of course, self-awareness is key. It's one of the major competencies that are presented in the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning Framework. But I wanted to make sure that I could find at least a little bit of that evidence to just share on here, uh, a quick read. So not necessarily sending you to different research articles to more or less see how that works out. And so I did find an article by the Harvard Business Review where they talked about and provided that evidence of the importance of self-awareness. And it talked about how those who are self-aware are more confident, they're more creative, and what a big part it plays in terms of our well-being. And so I took that and said, yes, I knew it. (laughs) I knew I had that other research, but this I felt like was a good summary and it was, you know, a pretty short piece. And I'm going to link it here so that you can have it in terms of the show notes to look at later on. But it really, for me, brought me back to the importance of knowing ourselves. And I'm not necessarily saying you know yourself like, at that surface level, but are you really taking the time out to really learn who you are? And so when we think about this idea of self-awareness, this is knowing your character. It's knowing your values, knowing your feelings and how those relate to the world. So what are the things that cause you to feel certain ways? What are the actions that happen when you feel certain things? Knowing your desires, knowing your biases, and then also knowing your prejudices. And I think we definitely know ourselves to an extent, but especially when we come to those last ones, the idea of our biases, our prejudices, and then also even our values. I think that this is something that we tend to just skim on. We don't really take the time to really focus in and learn about where we fall in these areas. So this may be something for those of you who are educators out there. That, for example, the biases and prejudices, as you're talking about culturally responsive teaching, you may end up having to take a quiz on it, you know, go on to one of those websites to learn more about your biases and uh, prejudices. And so you have 
that sense of it, but have you really dived in to really get a more thorough understanding of why it is that you hold those biases or prejudices? Or for those of you that have taken the time to look at your values, to really hone in on why it is that I have certain values and are these values things that are serving me at this point? Or, you know, am I living a life that is aligned with those values? So all of this is going to be very important in us really living a life that is a life that we want to live, but then also living in a way that is going to support our well-being because we are living in a way that we can be more intentional. So back to that idea of intentionality. So as I said before, I view this idea of self-awareness as core to wellness. And I've said that a few times, but I don't think I've really gone on to really fully explain why that keeps coming up for me. In a lot of the conversations that I've been having with folks around the idea of self-care and their well-being, they talk a lot about either the different actions that they're taking or we talk a lot about the research and the different things that we're learning about how important social and emotional well-being is. But it all kind of circles back to this idea that before we can really start to make changes in terms of our well-being, And before we can really get to this place of engaging in practices that are going to support our self-care, we have to actually know kind of where we currently are. And we also have to know what it is that we need. And I've mentioned before the idea that self-care, well-being is going to be different for each person. And so before you can really hone in and say, okay, these are the things that I need, you have to know who you are, right? So even when we, if you go back to season one, where we talked about the idea of self-care planning, one of those first things that I had you do was sit down and think about where you were in terms of your self-care and how much self-care you were engaging in. And something, I guess, an additional piece that I've also included in terms of the workshops that I've done is also honing in on this idea of burnout and where am I in terms of my levels of burnout? Where am I in terms of my levels of stress? And using that to help you in determining really how much self-care is it that you need. If you're in a place where you're you're not burnt out at all, you're engaging in a certain level of self-care, for that moment you can say, you know, at this time, this level of self-care is sufficient because I'm not feeling burnt out. I don't feel as though I'm moving in that direction. Again, that might change and shift over time, but that more or less gives you a starting place. And even with that work, it's still, for the most part, surface level. Because again, we're just saying, this is where I'm at at this point in terms of the self-care, but we can dive way deeper into that. We can break it down in terms of not just how much self-care am I engaging in engaging in, and where are my burnout levels, but then dive deeper in terms of, okay, what are the thoughts that are going through my mind concerning these areas? What are the things that are making me feel burnt out? What are the thoughts that are associated with that? What are the behaviors that I'm engaging in? Is there a way for me to change these thoughts? Are these thoughts just global in terms of me having, for example, negative thoughts throughout the different areas of my life, or is it specific to work? And then what are the reactions that I'm having to my coworkers? Is there a reason why I might feel this way about this particular person or about my boss or whoever it may be? So there's so much more that we can dive into that can help us in terms of creating a more positive life, a more positive work environment and helping us in preventing that burnout. 
So it's a lot. (laughs) And like I said, I want to dive deeper. But in terms of today, I definitely want us to, and we will dive deeper, but what I want us to do is to first and foremost consider that. So I do want you to consider the idea of your self-awareness and do you really know yourself, right? So let's talk a little bit about the different ways. So I mentioned some before, you can know yourself in terms of your biases and prejudices. You can know yourself in terms of your strengths and weaknesses, your values, your likes and dislikes, your beliefs. And then also your views and how all of this plays out into the actions or behaviors that you engage in. So another really important reason why we need to have this self-awareness, besides just for our own well-being and our own wellness, is also for our relationships. Because if we have a good sense of who we are and why we do the things we, we do, we can be in a much better space to communicate that to others in ways that can help us to create more positive, affirming relationships with them. So instead of, you know, you just getting upset and yelling or whatever it may be and or having certain triggers that you're not even aware of at this moment or triggers and that, you know, resulting in an argument, if you are, if you know yourself, then you know what those triggers are and you're able to speak on it and speak with someone about it. You're also able to better regulate yourself when you know those triggers are being pushed at the moment and it makes for for more positive um, relationships in that sense as well. Another thing as well related to this is just the idea that when we really know ourselves, we're able to have a more positive outlook on ourselves. Because when you really know yourself, for example, when you really take the time to learn about what your strengths are, and then also what are the challenges that you have and looking at that from a growth mindset perspective and saying, okay, these are the areas that I really want to grow in. These are the things that I want to hone in on. And even more than that, These are the ways that I know will work for me to be able to grow in these areas. It's going to really build your confidence and it's really going to help you to have that positive outlook on yourself. Similar to that as well is that in knowing yourself, it's not all going to be rainbows and roses. There'll be things about yourself that you're not going to like. But with that said, when you know yourself and you know better, you can do better. So even in considering the first thing that comes up to mind for me at this point is the idea of the prejudices and the biases. We all have biases. We all have some level of prejudice. But I think one of the big issues that we're facing is that folks don't want to face themselves in that. They don't want to know themselves in that way. They want to know those positive things about themselves, but they don't necessarily want to dive in and know themselves. So even to know the ugly parts of you. And to know, okay, I do these particular things. I'm whatever it may be. I have a really bad temper and I need to work on that. Or whenever I see a black man walk by, I do grab my purse or my body does tense up or whatever it may be. We have these biases. We have these prejudices. We have these weaknesses. We have these challenges. So even beyond the biases and the prejudices, we have weaknesses. There are certain things that we're not as good at as other things. And whatever it may be. And so it's in knowing that, really knowing it, knowing our triggers, like I mentioned earlier, being able to really know yourself fully is also going to be helpful because then you know the things that you may want to challenge yourself to improve on. And if you choose not to challenge yourself to improve on those things, you know that as well. You can go back and say, 
You don't have to be surprised when something happens or you do something offensive or end up getting in an argument with someone or a relationship gets fractured because you know yourself and you know, yes, I did this. Yes, I have this issue and I don't want to work on it. But you know yourself. And I think, you know, there's a lot of, of power in knowing who you are, both the good and the bad. There's something to be said about, you know, accepting certain parts of yourself. But of course, there's also something even greater about accepting the parts of yourself that you definitely can't change, but then also using that information to make efforts to do better in the areas that we can change and improve on. And so another reason, if you need any more, to really get excited about and delve into your self-awareness. So you may be thinking now, well, how do I do this? How do I go about becoming more self-aware? And I feel like in some of the episodes that have come up, this is definitely, it's been touched on, right? So it might have been something that we, again, skimmed the surface, but I want to give you guys a little bit more in terms of ways that you can really get to know yourself. So the first thing is to make sure that you're creating the time and the space to connect with yourself. And this does not necessarily mean that we only want to focus on creating a specific time to focus in on ourselves, but you want to make sure that even throughout your day, that you're checking in with yourself and that you're allowing yourself to have some time for reflection within that. So let me explain this a little bit more. There's a difference between saying, okay, at eight o'clock at night, once the kids are in bed, if you're so lucky, <laughs> and everything is, is done for the day, I'm going to sit down and reflect. Or first thing in the morning, I'm going to sit down and reflect. Those are good, and you should definitely do that. But there's also a need to work in some time to reflect during the day. So for example, if you find that over time you're getting burnt out from work, Yes, it's going to be helpful for you to take some time at the end of the day or before the day starts and more or less look at your schedule and reflect and think through all the things that have been going on that it could have been, you know, leading to that burnout. It's also going to be very powerful for you while you're in the moment of doing that work to take a pause and write down the thoughts that are coming up for you or stop in the middle of all the things you're doing and just reflect on why am I, you know, like what's what's happening right now? How am I feeling? Am I taking care of myself in this moment? And so having and making that time to reflect throughout the day so that we can see things in the moment as well as reflecting on them after is going to be an important piece of having that self-reflection and having that self-awareness. Another thing you can do is to constantly ask yourself why. As you get those initial first reactions to things, spend some time to ask yourself, why? Why do I feel that way? Why do I react this way? We all do it in different ways. So for me, I liken this to the idea of reflection. So one of the things that has really helped me over the years is writing down my thoughts. So whenever I start feeling really anxious, I just take some time and I just write down what it is that I'm feeling. And after I write those things down, I take some time to challenge those thoughts. But a part of that as well is taking the time to ask myself, well, why is it that you feel that way? Why do you think that's going to happen? And then following that up with additional questions to get to the core of what it is that's really pushing those thoughts and, and bringing those thoughts up regularly. The same can be said for reactions that we may have. So you may notice that you get really defensive 
in certain situations, asking yourself, why is it that I get so defensive when this happens? Why is it that this particular thing is a trigger for me? And then not just, of course, stopping there, but since we're just talking about social awareness piece today, which is more or less the knowing, of course, you can then move beyond that to taking this information and creating a plan to really address and come up with action steps you can take, whether it's different thoughts that you're going to activate during certain times. For me, it's challenging those thoughts, not just on paper, but actually as the thoughts come up in my mind, challenging them at the moment. And that, of course, like I said, is a little bit outside of today's topic, which is just on actually being aware of the things and aware of the reasons why. And so again, that that diving deeper, it's going to take some more time. It's not going to be something as simple as saying, okay, well, I get defensive when this happens, but it's taking it the step further of understanding why it is that you get defensive when a particular thing happens and what it may be linked to, whether it's something from childhood, whether it's something that happened at a certain point in your life. And whether it's something, a belief that, you know, you've adopted from somebody, whether it's the media, whether it's your family, whether it's, you know, whoever, and having all of that information there so that you're really and truly in a place where you can then start to problem solve and put in action, a plan to change those thoughts or actions if it's something that is not serving you. Another way that we can do this is by noting our feelings. So throughout the day, just taking some time to check in with ourselves. How am I feeling at this moment? How am I feeling as I'm getting ready for this particular meeting? How am I feeling as I'm driving? How am I feeling? And again, as you're checking in on those things, asking that question, why? So even in checking in on your feelings, you may notice that your interpretation of your feelings may be off. So this came up for me in terms of, like I said before, I'm anxious. I tend to be really anxious. But in terms of uh, travel, so I would get this feeling any time that I was traveling, whether it was by car, whether it was by train, (laughs) wherever it was by, where I would just feel really anxious. Like, you know, your tummy just feels uh, funny and it's just like, oh, what's, what's coming up? And it took me a while and it took me really sitting down and, and thinking through it because this would happen regardless of what was going on, whether it was that I'm, I was going to an interview, which of course would be reason to be anxious, or if I was going to visit my best friend, I would still have the same feeling. And so it took me a while to really sit down, think about this. And then also, you know, as my knowledge of, of emotion uh, grew, realizing that there isn't much of a difference In terms of some of the feelings we get when we're anxious versus when we're anticipating something, you still get that tummy, strange feeling and you get a little fidgety and, but it all, a lot of it depends on how we interpret it, right? And so it's it's why do I always interpret that feeling as anxiety instead of interpreting it as excitement? And so that was something that I really had to dive into and delve into. And, and, and it's really helped me to reflect on the ways that I'm feeling and to consider, is this really how, how I'm feeling? Or am I just automatically <laughs> linking it to that? Because again, that's something that I've said. And you guys have heard me say many times, I'm anxious. And so again, even that, why do I call myself anxious? Is that serving me? And reflecting on that, see, something else for me to now take in terms of the self-awareness. It's always growing and always learning. 
And so the other thing that I want to mention is in terms of our self-awareness is actually to gain the perspective of others. I mentioned all of the other things for you to do on your own first because I don't want this to be something that's just based on what other people think. It could be something that you link to, right? By this, I mean, have you ever known someone where you're just like, they are not self-aware, right? Where they'll say something and then their action is completely different than what they just said they were going to do. And they seem to have like no awareness (laughs) that what they said and what they're doing are two completely different opposite things. Um, I'm sorry to say, but I think we all do that to an extent. And (laughs) this is why it's important to get the perspective of others sometimes. There have been plenty of times, and by this I don't mean just ask, you know, some stranger on the street or someone that you don't necessarily have a close relationship with. You want to ask this of someone that you know has your best interest in mind so that you know that you can trust the information that they're giving you. But for example, I will ask my husband, I'll ask him at times, like, what do you think about me doing this? Or what do you think I'm grappling with this? And and what have you noticed about the way I deal with it? Or what have you noticed about what I do with this? And, And it's helpful to have someone that's close to you to really provide that objective outside of you view on what you're doing and whether or not it's in line with with what you think you're doing. Because I think sometimes we really are unaware. And so by getting that outside perspective, that can also help us in terms of our self-awareness. So that would also be something that I would suggest. Another thing that I've done in the past that I've actually found to be pretty helpful and, and interesting was to do like a personality test. So whether it's a personality test whether it's taking a, a values inventory, whether so there are lots of tools out there you can use, guided journaling, just lots of different tools. You can go online and look up a list of questions on self-awareness and just take these tools to, to just take the time to really sit down, whether it's sitting down, taking the tests, if it's like a personality test, for example, and then looking at your scores and thinking about how it relates to you and how it does it, or taking the time to get some prompts and then writing out your thoughts on a particular topic, looking at a group of values and figuring out which values most align with you and why. So using those tools as well to really help you is another way and another avenue you can go in terms of learning more about who you are. And so with all of this self-awareness, you're then going to be in a better space to, like I said, again, um, navigate your relationships. You're going to be in a better space to really determine what it is that you want and what it is that you need. You're going to be in a better space to know what your strengths are and how to grow from those strengths and also knowing what your weaknesses are and how to grow in those areas and also how to use your strengths to help you grow in those areas. It'll help you to, again, be empowered and know to a better extent who you are and what it is that you bring to this world and how it is that you interact with this world and how it is that you can grow yourself, but then also make this world a better place because we all have value. We all are important pieces to this larger puzzle of life. And so I encourage you to really take some time to learn more about who you are and what your gifts are, and what your purpose is, and what your values are, and ways that you can improve our world, and ways that you can improve yourself, and ways that you can better support the children in your lives, and 
your family and friends and strangers and whoever else, but this is such a key and important piece of this. And so I'm just encouraging you to take some time this week, try out at least one of the things I talked about in terms of some reflection, even if you feel like I know myself completely. If you're like, Tia, when you ask that question, do you really know yourself? My answer was, yeah, clearly. And at the end of this, I still feel like, yeah, clearly. Still, I'm going to challenge you to at least try one of these things. If you really, really know yourself, but you haven't really taken the time to ask someone close to you (laughs) about their interpretation of some things, do that to get some outside perspective. Or if you really, really know yourself, but you've never really sat down to journal about any of the things that you know about yourself, take some time and do that and go back and read it afterwards. And when you're all done with all of this, please, please share with me. I want to know what it is. Did you find out anything new about yourself? Did you not? You know, what What were you excited about? What are some things you're hoping to do next in terms of your, your self-awareness? Share. I'm excited to see what it is that you all are trying. And for me, just to, I guess, share some of the things that I've done. I've done the personality test. That was really eye-opening for me. And I felt like it was pretty accurate. And I did put a post on that on Instagram so and Facebook. So if you haven't, remember to follow those pages. I've also definitely done some of the journaling and the prompts. I've done a values assessment. And that I think was also very eye-opening as well. And like I said, I mentioned that I've talked to my husband. But with this as well, remember, this is not a one-time thing because we change and we grow over time. And so again, making sure that we are going back over time and just reflecting and saying, hey, is this still true for me? Is this different? You know, And using that information to help us as we continue to journey through life and continue on our, our wellness and our self-care journeys. And so again, if you've done this before, If you've never tried it, whatever it may be, I'm going to encourage you to at least try one of these things this week and let me know how it goes. All right. Thank you so much for listening and take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Please visit drtiabarnes.com for show notes. And while you're there, feel free to leave a note. I'd love to connect. If you like the show, subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends about it. Don't forget to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app. Thank you to ColetteMcKenzie.com for providing podcast management services for this show. See you all next week. And as always, take care. Take care.